Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the fan early morning show. Sean Myers taking you for the next 40 minutes or so right here on 93.7 The Fan before I turn it over to the real professionals, Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. And I have a myriad of topics that I want to get to a little bit later. It is not the 1990s, but Dennis Rodman said something very interesting about Larry Bird that sparked a pretty significant debate in the world of basketball and I think a debate that also can apply to pretty much all professional sports comparing players of the past and how they would fare in today's game. We'll get to that a little bit later. Also, it has been a a difficult year for Major League Baseball umpires. They have been much maligned, uh, really just not performing at the standard that they have set of past years. But maybe some good news in terms of Major League umpires could be on the horizon. We'll get to that a little bit later as well. But want to start this fan early morning show talking about how numbers just quite aren't what they used to be when it comes to Major League Baseball. And if you want to join the conversation, you could do so. Give me a call at 412-928-9370. That's 928-9370 if you want to get in on the conversation. As I mentioned, I want to talk about Major League Baseball. And it's always been a game of numbers more than any other professional sport. It is, uh, it's about statistics. And I know that some of the numbers for generations past really will never be reached again because the game is constantly evolving. It is constantly changing. But baseball, more than any other sport, I think you look back at some historical numbers and that is a, a standard by which players today are compared. But my question is, will some of these records, and not even just records, but milestones, be forever changed with how the game has so drastically changed not just in recent years, but specifically this year alone. We have seen a complete change of how the game is played with the inability for teams to fully shift like they have in the past. There's obviously significant restrictions on that, only the ability to have two players on each side of second base. You can't have infielders now playing on the outfield grass. The bigger bases have changed the game. Of course, the pitch clock, more than anything else, is speeding up the game, but that is having some impact on how batters and pitchers fare as well. But really, over the past half decade or so, Major League Baseball has had some pretty significant rule changes. And you go back even before that, about 10 to 15 years, where the entire approach to the game has changed so significantly, both offensively and defensively, what batters are trying to accomplish at the plate, what pitchers are trying to accomplish, and the success that they have had. And it got me thinking, some of the numbers that, I grew up thinking about as significant milestones or some of the records that I 
uh, certainly saw fall in my lifetime or heard all about even preceding my time here on Earth, those numbers probably will never be considered approachable again. And I, I think it's significant to talk about because right here in Pittsburgh this year, we saw Andrew McCutcheon get hit number 2,000 for his career. That is an incredible accomplishment. 2,000 is always going to hold significance in Major League Baseball. But when you put it in perspective, uh, it is legitimately only two-thirds of the way to 3,000 hits. That's obviously self-explanatory, but it kind of shows how far away a terrific player like Andrew McCutcheon, who I think most people think will have a chance to get to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done, how he's not even close to getting the 3,000 hits. And that was always a number that signified you get 3,000 hits and you are rightfully among the all-time greats in Major League Baseball. We have one active player who has reached that milestone. That's Miguel Cabrera. He has more than 3,100 hits for his career. He is 40 years old and very close to the end of the line, even though he has still made some key contributions for the Tigers over the past few years. But you think about Cabrera, a guy who came up and really started impacting the game uh, 20 years ago. He was 20 years old when he came up with the Marlins and was instantly an impact player. And so he had to have 20 great seasons, basically, and many of those as a a DH later in his career to get to over 3,000 hits. And then when you look at who might be next, I mentioned Kutch just got over 2,000. He joined other players in the 2,000-hit club active. Joey Votto, who is just shy of 2,100 or right there, maybe depending on what he did over the last game or two. He's 39 years old. He's not going to have any chance whatsoever to get to 3,000. Nelson Cruz, who's not even at 2,100, he's 42 years old. He probably won't even make it to 2,200 hits in his career. Elvis Andrews, I think a lot of people were surprised that he was on that list. He's actually younger than McCutcheon. He's 34, and he's a handful of hits ahead of Kutch. But I don't think anyone believes that Andrews or Kutch will even get to 2,500 hits in their career, just based on how their careers are going. And so the guys that are in the 2,000-hit club, I don't know that any of them are even going to have a shot to get to 3,000. However, the most recent member of that club, Freddie Freeman, just got to 2,000 hits within the past few games. He might have a chance. He's 33 years old, and he is really hitting at a high rate now. He's not really tailed off to this point in his career. Now, that could very quickly change because sometimes you see guys just fall off a cliff almost unexpectedly. You also see injuries factor in, but by and large, Freeman in recent years has been healthy. He has been seemingly rejuvenated or really, that's probably not even the right term. He just hasn't missed a beat since he went from the Braves now to the Dodgers. He's a guy who might have a chance, but he's a thousand hits away basically, and he's 33 years old. So can he play at this rate for another five to six years? And if you think about it, Five more years, he would have to average 200 hits per season. I don't think that that's going to happen, so he's probably going to have to get it done for six, maybe seven more years, which would take him right up to 39, 40 years old. Jose Altuve is another guy. Uh, He's just shy of 2,000. He'll probably get there within the next couple of months, maybe even sooner than that. He's 33 years old as well. He might have a chance, although he has slowed down a little bit, missed the first uh, couple of months of this season with injury. It is just so hard in today's game to get to 3,000 hits, and you're wondering, well, is there some younger guys coming up who seem to be surefire bets to get there? As far as the guys who are halfway there, at least 1,500 or more hits, Manny Machado, Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado could potentially do it, but 
right now, especially with Trout slowing down a little bit in large part because of heat suffering some injuries in recent years, I don't know if any of those guys can, you know, really be sure bets at this point. And so why does this matter? Why is that significant? It just, it seems like statistically what we saw guys reach maybe in generations past might not be very realistically attainable anymore. I went back and looked from 1992 to 2018. So just a few years ago, 16 total players got to 3000 hits during that time. So 92 to 2018, a little bit less than 30 years of a span there, 16 years of my math, or excuse me, 26 years is my math is correct. And obviously I showed I'm not very good at math there. So you were getting uh, more than one player every two years. And looking ahead, I don't know if we're going to have anyone else the rest of this entire decade who gets to 3,000 hits. It, it could happen. Certainly, I mentioned Freeman and Altuve. They would probably be right on the cusp of getting it. If they do get to 3,000 hits, it would probably come right around 2030. So it might be a long, long time and a long drought before we get anyone else to get to 3,000 hits. Why is that happening? Well, guys just aren't getting as many hits in today's game. They're uh, way more content, and this does not apply to everyone. Obviously, we see Luis arise for the Marlins. The Pirates just went against him. He's been an exception. He's a guy who is a hit machine. He just wants to put the ball in play and get on, even if it's by singling every single time. But by and large, that's not the offensive mentality anymore in baseball. It's about going one for four with a home run as opposed to three for four with three singles. And so just because that's the mindset, that's the mentality, that's the approach that these players learn at a young age, they're not going to get as many hits. The other aspect of it is they're not playing 162 games by and large. They're not getting as many at-bats as they were maybe 20, 30 years ago. So it's going to apply for hitting stats, but it's also going to apply in the same way for pitchers because... What used to be kind of a major milestone for pitchers, getting to 300 career wins, that's not probably going to happen ever again at this rate. Right now, the active leader for wins, 246 for Justin Verlander, who happens to be 40 years old, and after having an incredible 2022, looks like he has taken a pretty big step back. Behind him, Zach Greinke, who happens to be 39 and certainly nowhere close to his prime anymore, 224 wins. Only two other pitchers active have more than 200 wins, Max Serger and Clayton Kershaw. Serger's really good still, but he is uh, up in his upper late 30s. Clayton Kershaw, he's battled some injuries. He's had an incredible career, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to stay healthy long enough to have a realistic chance. You know, maybe he does pitch into his early 40s. That could change the outlook a bit, but with only four guys with 200 wins and Verlander with the most at 246, it seems very, very unlikely any current pitchers will get anywhere close to 300. Adam Wainwright has 198. He has a good chance to get to 200 career wins unless he completely falls off a cliff or gets injured in what is expected to be his final season in professional baseball. But then I looked at the guys who have 100 wins and who might get to 200 even. And right now, Garrett Cole, who is 32, and certainly Pirates fans remember the start of his career, He's probably the only guy likely active to get to 200 career wins. He's got 138 of them, and he's pitching very well this year. So it's just, I think 300 is now going to probably be shifted down to 200 career wins will be a major milestone. And I don't think we're ever going to see anyone get to 300 career wins 
going forward. It's just an unfortunate aspect of what baseball's become that these records or these milestones that held such significance for generations and generations, 3,000 hits, 300 pitching wins, they're just really not going to be attainable by and large. You will have to have a spectacular, long and healthy career to get there, and it just seems unlikely as the game continues to change each and every year. And another reason I mentioned guys are not playing as much, only two players in all of Major League Baseball played in all 162 regular season games last year. Matt Olson and Dansby Swanson, who coincidentally both were members of the Atlanta Braves last year, played in 162. You go back to the 2021 season, there was just two players that year, Marcus Simeon and Whit Merrifield played in 162. So no one's really playing every game of the season anymore on the hitting side. And on the pitching side, Sandy Alcantara last year, 228 and two-thirds innings led the way. Nobody else went above 205 innings. There was eight total pitchers, including Alcantara, who threw 200 or more innings, but seven of those guys were between 200 and 205 innings. Pitchers aren't going particularly deep into game, which limits their ability to get wins. They're not able to rack up quite the same numbers in terms of strikeouts and uh, certainly not things like complete games. So that's going to really reduce the opportunity for pitchers to get to some of these records and milestones. However, with the change in the play of the game, maybe some other records still are attainable and maybe become more attainable than years past. I look at the home run record, and we obviously saw Aaron Judge last year hit 61 home runs for the Yankees. He actually had a chance, if he was fully healthy this season, to maybe surpass that. He was on pace or maybe even a little bit ahead of his pace for 2022 before he got injured. He's been out for a few weeks now. and looks like he might be out a few more weeks. So it's probably not going to be Aaron Judge this year. But you certainly have to think guys like Judge and Pete Alonso with the New York Mets, maybe they will continue to establish some home run records. Now, when I say that, I don't know if anyone's going to get to 73 or 74 home runs, what Barry Bonds did in the early 2000s. Uh, I think... It's pretty clear that he was aided quite a bit by steroids. I don't know if anyone's ever going to get to those numbers. They might not get to McGuire and his 70 home runs. Maybe even Sammy Sosa, who got into the upper 60s. Of course, you remember the McGuire and Sosa battle in 1998, where McGuire hit 70, Sosa hit 66. But I think in terms of guys who were uh, not involved during the steroid era of baseball, I think maybe you will see home run numbers, and maybe career home run numbers as well. I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if down the road, and it's probably not going to be anytime soon, but eventually a a player in today's game or maybe even a guy who hasn't started his major league career yet will ultimately break the career home run record that was for a long time held by Hank Aaron and has since been set by Barry Bonds. Another record that could fall saves in a season. I don't know about saves in a career because you don't see closers do it year in and year out for 10, 15 years anymore. It seems like it's almost a turnover of closers really in their prime for maybe only three or four seasons, but certainly single season saves, I think, is a record that could still fall. And then pitchers ERA. We have seen some incredible numbers. If he was able to stay healthy last year, Jacob DeGrom could have had an all-time historic season. Unfortunately him for him last year and again this year, just cannot stay on the field. But as the hitting numbers decline in terms of hits and batting average, 
the pitching numbers in many ways get better in terms of ERA. Pitchers aren't working deep into games anymore. They're not throwing as many games, certainly not as many innings. But when they are pitching, they are doing so more effectively and efficiently than ever before. So something like an ERA crown, maybe you go back to the Pedro Martinez or Roger Clemens heydays. Some of those numbers could potentially fall with some of the incredible arms that are coming up. But again, milestones, records, I think we're going to have to change the way we look at them because with the the way that this game has changed so significantly and so drastically over the years, it's kind of apples to oranges comparing some of the all-time marks and those familiar milestones of generations past to what the guys today will be able to accomplish statistically throughout their careers. Want to touch on some other subjects when we continue here on the Fan Early Morning Show. I mentioned Dennis Rodman had some uh, very harsh words about Larry Bird, and that sparked a debate that can apply not only to the NBA, but to, I think, all professional sports. And a little bit later on, I want to touch on a very exciting and positive story involving potentially a future Major League Baseball umpire. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers here on The Fan. Early morning show will continue after this right here on 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. On 93.7, the fan taking you for another 15 minutes or so before I turn it over to Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. Mentioned a little bit later, I want to get to a very exciting story for Major League umpires, which is probably the first time that anyone has said that this season. But I want to now talk about uh, Dennis Rodman and Larry Bird. I know it's not the 1990s, it's 2023, but Dennis Rodman recently decided to Talk about Larry Bird and his thoughts that Larry would not be able to play in today's NBA. He specifically said Larry Bird would be playing in Europe if he had a career today as opposed to the NBA. And so this is obviously interesting for a lot of reasons. I want to talk specific to that topic, but then also a broader topic I want to touch on as well. So the first part about Larry Bird not being able to play in the NBA today Larry Bird is not someone who played in the 1940s or 50s when basketball was unrecognizable to today's fan. He played primarily through the 80s. I think he started in uh, 1979 and then ended up his career in 1992. So, yeah, he is, you know, 30 years removed from his playing days, but the game was not that drastically different that an all-time NBA legend from that era would not even be able to make today's NBA, I don't think. And really the biggest reason is because of the type of player that Larry Bird was. What is he known for? Being an incredible scorer, but more specifically, an unbelievable shooter. And that, more than any other skill, still applies today. Bird, for his career, was just about a 38% shooter from three-point territory. 
that plays in today's game more than ever. That is one of the most important, arguably the most important attribute offensively that anyone can have in today's game. He was also an incredibly smart player and one who had great vision. He averaged better than six assists per game throughout his career. And you see that as being such a valuable asset in the 2023 version of professional basketball. Shooting and a high IQ, I think that translates terrifically to today's game. So would he struggle in some regards? Yes, probably he would. But he could still play in today's game. He might not be an all-time great. He might not be Larry Legend. But he would be, if nothing else, a very serviceable player even here in 2023 if you're able to take him out of his 80s era and transport him to today's game. But it brings up uh, a few other questions. First off, Dennis Rodman, I, I think the bigger question people could respond to is, would he play in today's game with his lack of offensive game? Uh, probably not. He might not be an NBA player at all, or if he was, maybe a guy who comes off the bench uh, basically to just take a couple of fouls. Because when you look at today's game, there are some terrifically gifted players defensively, but if they don't have the ability to shoot the basketball and spread and stretch the floor, they are not playing in today's game. And I think when Robin said this about Larry Bird, he kind of looked at the wrong guys. I mean, How would Shaq fare in today's game where you really don't have a true back-to-the-basket type of presence? Shaq is a guy that with his complete inability to stretch the floor, those type of bigs just don't play very much in the NBA. We've seen some unbelievably dominant college players who don't even make it to the NBA. Think of Oscar Shibway recently, formerly of WVU fame, not even drafted despite being maybe the best big man in college basketball over the last couple of seasons. So, yes, the the style of play has changed drastically. Some former legendary players might not make it in today's game, but in specific to Larry Bird, I think he would. But this really starts the debate that has waged on for decades and decades and will continue to wage on. If you've ever gone on social media, you've probably seen everyone debating Jordan versus LeBron. And, you know, people who pick LeBron say, oh, Jordan was playing against plumbers in his era, which again was not that long ago. It was the 80s and 90s. Now people who are defending Jordan say LeBron's playing in a soft league where no one plays D and it's just wide open shooters and that's why his offensive numbers are so good. There's no doubt that each each passing year and certainly each passing generation, the athleticism and the physical skills always get better. That doesn't mean that all the players are better in all aspects. I think fundamentally there was probably a lot better play in years past, not just in basketball, but in a lot of sports. I think that applies to baseball as well when I'm talking about all these statistical comparisons. I don't think it's fair to ever compare players when they could play in different eras. You have to compare them to the players in their own era. So no, Babe Ruth would not probably excel in 2023 in Major League Baseball. I don't think he could play baseball at all in this era. He was going against pitchers who were probably throwing in the mid-80s and were basically just throwing fastballs. But that doesn't matter because what he did in his era was so unbelievable, and that's really the way that you have to look at basketball. So for Dennis Rodman, he was wrong in multiple, multiple aspects. You don't compare guys from 30 years ago to today's players. You compare them to their own era. And the one that he did compare, Larry Bird, I think would still make it in today's game. So Dennis Rodman... 0 for 2, but uh, he has said some really dumb stuff for for decades now at a time, so it's not necessarily pr- surprising coming from his mouth. We'll take a quick break. When we continue here on the Fan Early Morning Show, I want to talk about a positive story involving Major League umpires 
That is a rare phrase here in 2023. That's upcoming as we continue right here on 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. Sean Myers back to put a quick bow on this one. Mentioned before that there is a positive story for Major League umpires, and it has been a brutal, brutal season for the umps in Major League Baseball. Maybe one of the worst seasons to this point that I remember. Seems like they are consistently in the middle of making wrong calls and then overreacting, throwing out players and managers quicker than ever. But it seems like we might finally get something positive, and hopefully sooner rather than later. It appears as though the first female umpire could be on the horizon for Major League Baseball. Jen Powell is in AAA currently, and it looks like she could potentially be up sooner rather than later. If that does happen, she will become the first ever female Major League umpire. Of course, the NBA and the NFL have had female refs for a while. Sarah Thomas became the first NFL ref to officiate a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, we see female coaches in the front office, even announcers in recent years all across sports, including Major League Baseball. But as bad as the umps have been this year, certainly hope that Jen Powell is able to come up and maybe right the ship a little bit. That would be a historic moment and certainly a much-needed positive story when it comes to Major League umpires. That'll do it here for the Fan Early Morning Show. We'll have Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson upcoming momentarily, but for now, Sean Meyer signing off. Thanks for tuning in right here on 93.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 